Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. This is episode two. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast series is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. When I first arrived at Abe Books many moons ago, I became aware that one of the most treasured books on the site was one created by Alcoholics Anonymous. I could see that early copies regularly sold for four and five figure sums. I wondered why a book about addiction was so valuable. Why would anyone spend that much money when you could buy a first edition Hemingway or a signed Steinbeck for the same price? Well, this book was written to help alcoholics stop drinking. It's not about fine literature. It's not about a compelling narrative. It's an instruction manual. It's a book to save lives and today I'm going to tell the story behind its creation. The so-called Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book was published in 1939. It was not the first self-help book, the Victorians had a go at it, but it is arguably the book that launched a self-help genre as we know it today. It was nicknamed the Big Book by the early AA members for its thick paper and wide margins. If you ever stumble across a first edition, it has a red and yellow dust jacket and says Alcoholics Anonymous across the front. You'll be very lucky if you do find a first edition. It all began in 1934 with an alcoholic New York stockbroker called Bill Wilson who'd got himself sober and wanted to help other people addicted to drinking. On a visit to Akron in Ohio he met Dr. Bob Smith, another alcoholic. The two men began visiting hospitals to find more drinkers in need of assistance. Alcoholics often end up in hospitals, but hospitals are rarely equipped to help with long-term addiction. Alcoholics get a chance to sober up, and then they are discharged, and then it all begins again. Wilson and Smith created help groups in Akron and New York, where a process was used at regular meetings. No last names, and participants had to recount their experiences with absolute honesty. Wilson and Smith were making it up on the fly, but essentially they were creating a fellowship where there was no scorn or moralizing. The sessions seemed to work, but very few people outside of the meetings took Wilson and Smith seriously. Wilson thought that a book would help spread the word. So in 1938 he started writing down his formula for the meetings. The book begins with Wilson's own problems with alcoholism and his subsequent recovery. As he finished each chapter, he would read it aloud at an AA meeting. He listened to the feedback and incorporated the best suggestions. Smith served as the copy editor, and a man called Hank Pankhurst, a former oil executive, attempted to drum up money to get it published. The middle section of the book describes the AA's famous 12 steps to recovery. Wilson had tried to give up drinking many times and been through numerous painful relapses along the way. However, he had learned much from an evangelical Christian organization that used confessional meetings and strict principles for getting through life. Writing the book was not a simple process. There was much debate about its content among Wilson, Smith and other members. Once the manuscript was finished, the AA had no money to pay for the printing costs, so the publisher kept the copies and released them on a pay-as-you-go basis. 
It took almost two years to sell the 4,650 copies of the first printing. The bank foreclosed on Wilson's house in Brooklyn. And then, in 1941, things changed for the better when the Saturday Evening Post carried an article about the book and the AA started receiving inquiries. People started taking Wilson and Smith and the AA seriously. The book is fundamental to the structure of the AA. If you had a copy, you could set up and run an AA meeting and start helping people. In all, there were 16 printings of the big book between 1939 and 1954. Oddly, the 7th edition from 1945 is the rarest. Maybe 500 to 1,500 copies were issued, but no one really knows why it's so scarce. It may have been intended for overseas military personnel and the copies were lost somewhere or there was a short print run due to paper shortages. The AA and its big book is based on the theory that alcoholism is a medical condition and not a moral failing. This was a novel idea in the 1930s. Smith died sober in 1950. Wilson died sober in 1971. Pankhurst started drinking again after the big book was published and died in 1954. People collect early copies of the big book for several reasons. Its influence and social significance is one. The more common reason is that for some this is the book that saved their life. They want to own an early copy. Books signed by Bill Wilson are particularly treasured. The most expensive copy of the big book to sell on Abe Books was a first edition, first printing, for $13,000. Alcoholics Anonymous is now an international fellowship of more than 2 million men and women. It's non-professional, self-supporting, multiracial, apolitical, and people can attend an AA meeting almost anywhere. There are no age or education requirements. Membership is open to anyone who wants to stop drinking. Today, the self-help industry is a multi-billion dollar business spread across books, podcasts, radio, TV and events. I'm no fan of modern self-help books with their ambiguous and repetitive messages, and book reviewers in the mainstream media won't touch them. But the AA's big book is different. You have to respect a book that saves lives. If you're struggling with addiction, learn more about Alcoholics Anonymous at aa.org. That's AA. Org. Thanks for listening to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books. The next episode will look at Literary Oxford. If you have suggestions for topics we'd love to hear from you, email me at podcast at abebooks.com. See you soon.